The Guardian. Hello, it's Music Weekly, I'm Alexis Petridis. Coming up, Alt-J and their album, An Awesome Wave, are the winners of the Mercury Prize 2012. We're not used to any of this, so this is pretty weird in itself, <laughs> let alone the fact we've just won a I'm Mercury. Not, it's really heavy, I'm not pissed. After a night on the tiles of sorts, Rebecca Nicholson and Casper Llewellyn-Smith join me to unpick the judges' decision and celebrate the runners-up. Plus, there's three more songs to review in Singles Club and a post bag full of praise for Jake Bug. I am, of course, kidding about the praise. That's all on Music Weekly from The Guardian. The winner of the 2012 Barclay Card Mercury Prize is... Alt-J for their album An Awesome Wave My thoughts were what have they done they don't know what they're doing yeah uh, second thought was how do I get on stage and the third thought was we've prepared absolutely nothing as a speech well we had a, we had a big period of our of our career where we were kind of by the skin of our teeth catching trains to Manchester with all our gear and so we were having a lot of periods where we were just sort of DIY style getting to gigs. But that's formative, it's not uh, low, isn't it? That's the thing. It's, well, I suppose it's, it, it's what makes but it. But it was. You know, you know they, they were kind of. They were, you know, they were you know, rubbish times. Yeah, I like was, getting caught in the rain with my keyboards with no cases and yeah, just being like. like my guitar oh got my God. Caught but we always knew why we were doing was. it, I think. I like listening to it, and I think that's kind of a testament to the fact that it's quite good. I mean, I think it's not often that you can create something that you actually want to enjoy yourself, and I, mm. I do listen to it quite a lot. I love it because we made it, and it's it's just us who are all at uni together. Yeah, I think we had that it. chemistry when we were first started off yeah. in our rooms, and I think you can feel that chemistry in the album. Something good. Oh, something good. Oh, something Bleary-eyed. Hello and good morning. It's Casper Llewellyn-Smith. You were there last night. Casper. I was there. I don't feel too bleary, actually. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, on the other hand, stayed at home and watched it on telly, which was a total waste of time because it was on for five minutes on Channel 4. And it was on for uh, half an hour on four, mu- more for music, for music, whatever it is. Uh, half an hour on a dedicated music channel, which prior to that broadcast an hour and a half of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. So there you go. Re- Rebecca Nicholson is also with us. You were on the red carpet. I was on the red carpet, yes. Um, was that nice? Was that glamorous? Did it feel glamorous? It, it didn't feel particularly glamorous. There wasn't a lot of glamour on that short list, really, but the ladies looked good. Jessie plan Byrne. B looked good? I, I didn't see Plan B. We were at the very kind of end of the... Uh, the run. Right. So Plan B didn't quite make it down to us. But oh, right. had a hoodie on or a mask or something. Oh, no, well, at no. one point there was a bouncer who I thought was Plan B, but it was a bouncer. Because so I saw him at the Q suit. Awards a couple of years ago. He was wearing, he was very, very sharply dressed at the Q Awards. And also, he left the Q Awards in some style. He had a lady on each arm when he left the Q Awards. A and lady I thought, on each arm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty, that's pretty... not a very Mercury Prize look, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> no, well, you know, maybe it should be. Maybe it'd be better if it was. So, old J1, we know this. Was that popular within the, the hall? Did that appear to be a popular result? I think it was. It seemed to be well-received. When they were cheering as well for people's nominations, 
they got a very loud cheer. Jessie Ware seemed popular. She got a very loud cheer. Yeah, I mean, I think it was the open, most open Mercury list for a long time. Mm. And so there wasn't a sense that there's an overwhelming favourite and everyone was kind of... Are they for saying that? They were the favourites before the nominations were even But it wasn't like, for example, last year when uh, Polly Harvey won. And mm. I think there was a feeling then in the room that everyone was really pleased with I think her. The thing about that is, is, I think the thing about that is that the winner last year reflected a critical consensus. That, that album came out and everybody went, that album's amazing. Five out of five, like across the board nobody went above one guy at the enemy boring you should listen to the vaccines everybody thought the PJ Harvey album was brilliant and, and then the it won before as well the XX it did same with the XX absolutely whereas this year the old J album came out actually it was basically ignored on release it developed this enormous momentum of its own accord you know that's that may be the sort of like you said, I don't think there was a consensus in the room that that was the best album of the year. No, I don't think there's a consensus anywhere that that's the best <laughs> album. I don't think there's ever a consensus. Well, maybe there's a bit of a consensus well, with the PJ Harvey. parents who they thanked in their, their victory speech. Nice lads, old Jay. Friends of the friends of the pod. It's a good thing. There was a... Uh, I was on Twitter, as, as usual. And there was this sort of tsunami of hatred towards Alt J that erupted. And I thought, you know what? I am fucking sick of this. Oh, yeah, yeah mainstream AOR album. It's like, it's not. It's not a mainstream. You might not like it, it might not be your cup of tea, but it was like you would have thought they'd given the fucking Mercury Prize to Phil Collins' album of Motown covers, the way people were carrying on. And it's just like, I am so bored of this kind of pantomime that surrounds the Mercury Prize. And it's like, look, mainstream, it doesn't make a jot of difference, the Mercury Prize. It's a nice thing to have. I'm sure old, old Jay, very happy. I know they're very happy. Uh, so we've won it, I'm sure, 20 grand, nice thing to have. You know, in terms of your future career, it means nothing. It has not a job of effect. You look at every single artist that's won the Mercury, right? They would be where they are now, whether or not they had won the Mercury Prize or not. The, real, the reason Gomez aren't as big as they used to be is not because they won the Mercury Prize and it cursed them and it set these... It's because their second album wasn't as good as their first album. This is The reason Badly Drawn Boy, no one is, no knows, is because he never made another good album after his debut album. It's got absolutely arse all to do with the Mercury Prize. I'm sorry, I'm in quite a bad mood this morning. You know, you sound like uh, another, just to take it back to my red carpet experience, Richard Hawley went on an yeah, extraordinary see, rant. Really? Uh, yeah, and uh, a lot swearier than yours. Our culture has changed so rapidly that our, our relationship with music is, is almost non-existent now. We press the space bar to start and the space bar to stop. You know, an album is a sequential series of musical events that elicits an emotional response. All you need to engage with that to give it is your time. And I can't listen to music washing fucking pot. One of the things that was different about this year was that it was at the Roundhouse and not the Grosvenor House Hotel, mm. and there was a slightly different setup. One thing I thought was important that was that for the first time they brought the pudding after the announcement was made, which meant that not everyone just buggered off as soon as they realised they hadn't won. So there was right. a bit more so atmosphere in the, in the room. Jones were in the cheap seats, so we didn't, we didn't get... Well, did, then we I then tweeted something to this effect, problems. and and someone called Robin Turner, who will be known to you... Oh, good, uh, good friend of mine, Robin Turner, ...replied yeah. saying, the fact that people are capable of eating a pudding at 11 minutes past 10 on a Thursday <laughs> night at an awards <laughs> ceremony tells you everything you need to know about what's wrong <laughs> with music and culture <laughs> in the modern world today. Um, do you know what? I do enjoy an award ceremony. It's fun. Uh, I do. Do you? I do. You enjoyed it? Yeah, I just like I like that kind of people getting excited and people having a strop about Alt J winning or mm. or not. It it is fun, but like you say, they're possibly not quite as important as. 
people seem to think they are. But also the sales thing. I mean, you're, I mean I'm not disputing the bigger point, but roll a trio, as you, you mm. know, we were talking a minute ago, saying, you know, that was good for their sales. That would have raised awareness. Of no, them no, no, to no, some no, no, extent, no, 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 no. What I'm know. saying is. Every year I go, I don't know what the point of the Mercury Prize is. I don't know what the purpose of the Mercury Prize is. I have now worked out what the point and purpose of the Mercury Prize is. It is for the jazz artist and the folk artist and maybe a couple of the, the much less well-known artists. It really, really boosts their sales. That's, that's, that's how it works. Royal Trio sales went, I think, by 618% as a result of being and then nominated. And was the best thing on the uh, best performer last night. I thought I would have you know, enjoyed it just to see him alone. I enjoyed their performance, and mm. I'm not a fan of the jazz, but I thought they were really great. Yeah. What, what, what did we make of Ben Howard? Uh, well, I was pleased to see Ben Howard because I have not previously seen Ben Howard. I thought about one song was enough for me. He was the biggest, biggest selling artist. On that list, uh, he's uh, yeah. absolutely so more than Plan B, more than uh, Michael Kiwanuka, Michael Kiwanuka there, a shoe in for the 1972 Mercury Music <laughs> Prize, I think. You could go back and yeah, you could do that. You can match each artist against a particular year, you know, and Hawley could have won it in sort of 1956 or something. <laughs> and, uh... What do we think about the other nominees? Django, Django. I quite, I like Django, Django. They were my favourite people to talk to. I think. Were they nice lads? They were really nice lads, That's and good. they made their own shirts. For the occasion, well, literally made them. Well, they got, they bought some shirts and decorated them uh, in a different way. And I thought, at least you're making an effort. The shirts are Django Django, and the trousers are Beggars Rum, which is a friend of ours. I see. Um, and we made the shirts. And who got? Who decided who got which pattern? Well, the hot pink. For some reason, I've got lumbered with that. was first in there. Yeah. Hot pink every We time. thought of uh, Radio 2 and we thought of Jim. It was a bit of a random short straw selection. They made an effort. I thought the performance was good. I mean, it is always interesting, that dynamic in the room of who produces a good performance sure. on the night. And I think that probably does have an effect on the judges. I thought Jesse Ware felt a bit flat. I thought they were good on the night. I think this list is probably the weakest Mercury list. I mean, I do think this is the case for a very long time. And I don't think there is one record that you would say that really deserved to win or that in 10 years' time you turn around and say, oh, of course it was that. That really defined the sound mm. of 2012. Yes, there isn't that sense of, there certainly isn't that sense of anybody lost out on this. You know, that sort of, oh, they give it to M people and they should have given it to Park Life or whatever, you know, as if anyone cares. Areas of music that weren't, you know, there wasn't the Rusty album on there, there mm. wasn't the Cooley G record on Kate there. Kate Bush wasn't on there Kate Bush well. wasn't on there. There were lots of things that weren't there, which I would have thought would have made a good, credible winner. I think if we take it as read that the purpose, as I have now unilaterally decided of the Mercury Prize, is to encourage jazz artists, you know, folk artists, they're the real beneficiaries, they're the people that really won. Um, Alt-J's album would have sold exactly as many copies, you know, there was a massive momentum behind it, they were getting big, when I saw them at Bestival, you couldn't get near the stage they were on, it was so rammed. With people tessellating crazily. Crazily (laughs) tessellating. Then there is an argument for making the, the shortlist of the Mercury Music Prize, not entirely comprised of stuff no one's ever heard of because then it'll just be discarded entirely but putting more things like say Cooley G more more stuff from you know what I mean the margins on there and shining a light on that a little bit that surely is the purpose of it I don't quite yeah. understand what the purpose, We've is, what the purpose of it is but then do people will people pay any attention to it I remember last year felt exciting because there was a real mix of stuff and you had KTB on there mm. and that really mm. gave it some personality and I thought that was what was lacking this year there is a question about whether people are not being represented on the Mercury Prize because you have to nominate yourself and you have to pay. Well, that's the thing. One, one of the judges told me that um, a lot of pop acts just don't put themselves forward mm. for it. So that might be one of also the reasons Also, because the reason that, that, the reason that pop acts don't put themselves forward is 
you know, no one gives a shit yeah, in their world. It. It's like what One Direction. You know what I mean? It, it, uh, fucking... Lots of them have got the mobos <clears throat> on Saturday, and that's where the mm. excitement's going to be. And that's probably what, you know the ceremony where you will walk out the door with two two girls in your arm or two boys in your arm. You might you might well walk out this thing, but I, I would I would counter that even fewer people give a shit about the mobos than give a shit about the Mercury's. To be honest with you, but it's sort of more glamorous and closer to the state of pop. In that you know, it's a more mainstream pop event, really. I suppose it is a more mainstream pop event. Nobody gives a fuck. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, I mean, it might be a bit more now, yeah. maybe. Um, because I suppose, I, I guess, in the years when I was present at the Mobos, you know, British urban music was a very, very poor relation to American urban music. And the ceremony sta- stood or fell by how many Yanks they managed to get over there. And obviously, Americans don't tend to come over here because they don't sell as many records. Like, obviously, now, there's an enormously vibrant kind of pop rap scene. There's an enormously vibrant underground urban music scene. They've, they've nominated Ed, Ed, Ed Sheeran. Well, there's always that. That's, that's the Ed predictable row about the Mobos, isn't it? Every year, there's the Jesse J won loads of awards last even, year. Even Ed Sheeran himself said, I have literally no idea why I've been nominated for this. So it's a glamorous thing. Kieran Yates, who's not on the podcast today, is flying up there tomorrow on, the, on a plane with JLS. It doesn't get more glamorous than that. The new that. JLS album is really good. Can wow. I just say? Wow, okay. <laughs> so Mercury tip for next year. <laughs> Stick that on there. Um, so we don't there's anything that missed out. I'll tell you who looked mental. Actually, on the brief clip, on the like twenty-second clip that was all you got on uh, on. T- I have to say that TV coverage last night. I, I know they're putting a longer package together for tonight because that's obviously when you want to watch a, an awards ceremony when you already know who's won. But the TV coverage absolutely shocking. I could have edited a better TV program using my bum hole, frankly, than they did. <laughs> what um, <an> image? <laughs> they, they, uh, the the actually the channel the Channel Four thing just sort of cut. Alt J off in the mid, you know, they sort of got up to. I mean, not that you were missing with the, the greatest respect to, uh, to to Goss and Alt J, you weren't exactly missing Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, but um, you know, it just kind of just cut straight off. That's the end of that, anyway. Back to Gordon Ramsay or something. TV coverage absolutely appalling, and I thought it smacked of the sort of disregard that the mainstream public has for this award. I thought it just was, you know, symbolic of something. You've not really got any personalities on there to liven it up. I mean, Candy, Jesse Ware, that's it. Richard Hawley. Richard Hawley, actually, that's true. No, I can't think of any other. Oh, no, so Sam Sam Lee. So the point I was trying to make, sorry, I've rambled off the point. I haven't had very much sleep. Is that who you thought? We looked just because they showed a little clip of him. It just looked like, wow, it's it's all going off. You know, Um, was he good? Was he clearly not? Okay, right, let's move on. What was what is that? Right. Isn't that a good response, though? <laughs> I think I it's know. quite a good response, and I think it's good that he's there. I mean, I think there's probably more interesting folk albums mm. in the last couple of years mm. have been made, but he's a really engaging character. There's a really interesting story there, and I spoke to him earlier, uh, later in the evening, and it turned out I thought he lived just down the road from it. It turned out he doesn't, but grew up on the street that I used to live in, so that was my exciting bit of news from um, last night. He watched our video that we did this week in which Tim Jones said that he made Michael Kiwanuka look like Skrillex. Mm-hmm. Um, and he told me that he'd seen that video, which led to a slightly awkward... Frosty, polite, frosty Atmos? No, he wasn't, he wasn't frosty. I bet he wasn't. He was polite about I'm it. I'm sure... You, well, yeah. Um, no, that's good. I'm glad he was polite about it. Plan B's performance looked pretty... Uh, I thought it was good. Mental. I mean, he opened the show and they did this thing. I'm not going to describe this very well, but uh, Lauren Laverne was on ground level. Mm-hmm. Come on, everyone, sit down, shut up, turn your phones off. Right, we're starting now. And then on a sort of level above, uh, the sort of scrim went up and there was Plan B playing kind of quite high up. So you were worried that they were going to leap around and fall off the stage. I don't know how that will be filmed and how that 
came across on TV, whether mm. it just looked like it was a normal performance. But he was operating 20 feet above everyone's heads. Wow. And I thought it was quite good. It seemed quite energetic. You were sort of immediately worried that there was, there felt like there was a bit of staging there and some lights, which the Maccabees also enjoyed. They suddenly had a bit of a light show going mm. on and none of the other acts had really, that. A little bit of a production budget <laughs> there behind, like behind some of the major label artists. something at some point. Yeah, but, uh, that's I did interesting. put that to, uh, I think David Joseph from University runs the university, denied this very vehemently to me. But Field music coming on, playing by candlelight. You know, <laughs> 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 got a mate with a torch, flicking Michael it on and off. Like, uh, Michael <laughs> Kiwanuka would just, you know, light a scented candle. And we yeah, could yeah, all, uh, load of joysticks. Enjoy it that way. Um, well, there you go. That is That was the Mercury Prize for 2012 anyway right let's move on time for singles club Rebecca let's start with your choice So that was Haim with Don't Save Me. Haim are on tour on, in, in Britain uh, this month. Start Tour starts on the uh, 10th of November in Leeds. Rebecca, your choice. It's Haim. It's Haim. 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 Is it? Do you want to do it again? No. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> um, yes, Haim. Three sisters from California. Are they called Haim? That's their surname, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. Haim. Haim. Um, so what, what, what made you pick this track? There's been quite a buzz about Haim, hasn't There's there? been quite a buzz about them. Their song Forever was one of my favourite songs of last year. I mm-hmm. kept hearing it wherever I was. And really? it really reminds me of, of sunny days. Oh, how lovely. And their video is, is them on bicycles riding through sunny LA streets. And it's just perfect, I think, for that song. What we were talking about in terms of the Mercury list lacking a bit of personality... They've got a lot of personality. Uh, the last time I saw them live, weirdly, it was at the Roundhouse. They, one of them asked one of the uh, members of the audience out, gave him her phone number over the microphone. Wow, really? Uh, I mean, they're really, they're lively ladies. This pleases me greatly. It's kind of bouncy FM rock pop. Yeah, it is. A, really lot, a lot of this stuff coming out of the West Coast at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of like uh, Fleetwood Mackish. Yes, I mean, yeah, they're very... Fleetwood Mackish. I think the whole thing when they started was that the shtick they had was that it was R and B meets rock. Yeah, everyone kept saying that. I, I, really I, I saw no on. indication of that in their actual sound. But live, there's much more of a kind of Michael Jackson vocal thing going on. Mm. You can hear bits of it in this track, okay. but and they're heavier live as well. They're really kind of noodly. There are bits that are really noodly and kind of heavy rock twiddles. I think I was at that same gig. Did I see it at that gig? Was it supporting uh, Ellie Goulding? Yes. And they were certainly more impressive than Ellie Goulding. I mean, they had a lot more personality. I, I and didn't stay for Ellie Goulding. Right, well, I did, and I did that for you. I took that bullet for you. Um, uh, yeah, no, good thing, I think. And I think they'll be... Hi, sorry. And they will, if people can get their name right, mm. I think they will be a happening, happening band you think that's, Is it something that's going to cross over? Do you think there's something that's going to... I think it could do, you know. I keep seeing lots <clears> of... I don't know if it's an LA thing, but lots of, kind of big Hollywood celebrities have just started to tweet about them, and that tends to be a sign that they may be more than just another indie band, so perhaps. Who are they signed to, Rough Trade? They've just signed to Polydor. Ah, right, yeah. OK, so they've got this big box behind them. Big box them. behind them. Um, this single is, what, is this around on the internet now? Yeah, you can stream it, and it's coming out officially, I think it's November the 17th. 
It'd be interesting to see if it's a hit or not. What do you think? Do I you think it's going to be a hit? Um, do I think it's going to be a hit? I find it increasingly difficult to predict what's going to be a hit and what's not these days. It would be nice if it was. It's a good record, yeah. isn't it? It's a good song, good, good pop song. I love a bit of Fleetwood Mac. So I do, I do love a bit of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, so that's it's the kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's it, it's right on my street. Hame, as I said, they're touring in November, uh, playing in. I'm just throwing this out there. If any members of Hame are listening, why don't you change your name to Haim? <laughs> it would be better. Okay, and let's move on to Casper's choice. That's Rolo Tomasi with Ex Luna Scientia. <laughs> uh, I always find, I've just got to say, I always find these hardcore, you know, post-hardcore artists, they're this far away. I'm, I'm putting my fingers very close together here from Tales of the Topographic Oceans after them. It's, it's, you know what I mean? There's a very, very thin dividing line between post-hardcore branching out into, you know, areas of post-rock or whatever and basically being Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Anyway, you brought this in, Casper. I brought this in because Rara Tomasi, a band who I've heard a lot of good things about for a very long time, but had never taken the trouble to go and see live or really investigate. And then I went to see them two nights ago. So the last night was the Mercury Prize, and the night before I went to see them at XOYO. Uh, and they blew my mind, blew my tiny mind. They were absolutely amazing. Uh, and I really knew so little about them. I mean, I'm someone who doesn't really know what mathcore is. I, that, to me, sort of betokens some sort of weedy indie jingly jangly thing and they come on stage and actually they were all dressed up in Halloween outfits but you, you know you see a picture of the the singer Eva and she looks like a kind of butter wouldn't melt uh, girl right. who would front a jingly jangly band from Sheffield mm-hmm. and then uh, they start playing and out of her mouth comes this extraordinary kind of guttural noise I mean mm. that's that's her on the uh, the the first bit of um, both bits of uh, the track you just played uh, sounding like kind of Gibby Haynes and the Butthole Surfers <laughs> when he's doing sounds... both bits. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. it was a duet. Uh, so did I. I had to uh, confess. I, no, no, no. I think it is her on the first bit. I mean, the guy in the band is also uh, doing a lot of guttural screaming. But it is—it's an extraordinary thing to see live. And I—I I, no, I wouldn't necessarily make a, a huge case for that particular song. But this is from their new album, which I will spend more time investigating. And to me, it's exactly the kind of record that should be on the Mercury list. Absolutely. You know, I would love to have seen that on Channel 4 last night or tonight. No, we, 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 we did this last year, the lack of... I wrote a feature about the lack of um, representation of, of hard rock and punk and metal and all those kind of things. I just don't think any of them... Enter. I don't think any of them could be bothered to... You know, exist in its own world, is enormously successful, doesn't need a pat on the head from... I will write the entry for for them because I would like people to see them no, I think it's, uh, I think in that it's, environment. You know, I just think it would it would add to the variety of things. I find this music always works better live, whether it's them or Gallows or Fucked Up. I mean, Fucked Up, I, actually, I do quite like on record. I think they're a really good band. But I saw them live in Brighton and they were absolutely astonishing. I mean, it was properly pinned it to the back of the venue, sort of brilliant. Rebecca? Well, I, I should also say that we're recording this quite early in the morning, mm. the day after the Mercury, so it is, it's invigorating <laughs> at least. I mean, it's so out of my comfort zone, it's really hard to, to work out you know, if I, I mean, my natural instinct a... is that the new JLS album, full of tunes, mm. this mm. 
Not so much. Have you never been inclined to that? You never had a little stage I never dive? Had, no, not really. Ooh. Not really. I, I think the closest I got was kind of that riot girly, West Coast, Northwest punk stuff in the mid 90s. Which was noisy, but not noisy in a. This is very di- no, no, no. This is very different. I mean, yeah. it is, it is um, definitely. But that's one of the things I think I quite like about it. In the same way that Enter Shikari, who were the best, I don't think are an amazing band, you know. But in the same way that it's kind of baffling to old people. I remember when when Enter Shikari, their first album came out, it, was, it did very well, and I think it was number one, didn't it? Certainly got near the top of the charts. I remember reading reviews. I think it was one of uh, Pete Feeders, in fact. It, contributed to this pod and was just like the sheer wrongness of this music and you know in my and I actually think that's brilliant that's really good because he's an older guy and I went to see them live and it was full of 14 year old kids going berserk you know I think it's good to be and also the thing perplexed. I'd say about them is that this is an, they're an incredibly dexterous band I mean they can really play it's not just this unrelenting mm. thrash of noise you go and see them live and there is something viscerally exciting about seeing them perform Mm. No, no, no. Well, that's that's good. So there's an album coming out. There's an album. There's a new album called Australia, <coughs> which I think is out in a week or so, and that's the single from it. But yeah, that sort of dreamy middle passage, and the single is is not certainly best representative of the live experience, which is more. <laughs> Sounding a bit like uh, you look like you feel this morning. Yes, <laughs> I always look like this, darling. Um, anyway, let's move on. Finally, my choice. <laughs> Uh, that's my choice for Singles Club this week. That's A Love So Cold by Friars. Uh, Friars have a past. I think they were knocking around the latter part of the uh, of the previous preceding decade. It's kind of a bit of a blah guitar band. There, weren't, there wasn't anything particularly uh, exciting about them, I don't think. And I came to this record a little bit late via a remix by Lone that someone sent me a link to on SoundCloud. And I like the remix by them, but I played the original. I like that more. I think this is kind of a, a intriguing, quite adventurous bit of pop music. It's sort of got a little hint of James Blake about it, but it's definitely in more of a like having a tune kind of uh, uh, framework. I thought it was good. I thought it was a really interesting little they, thing. I thought it was a he. It's a, it's a he. It's a he. Definitely a he now. I think maybe in the past there was more people involved. And am I right in thinking the Friars, the, the big Y in the middle of Friars, it's a tribute to Kanye in some way. And it sort of also reminds me a bit of that kind of Kanye style 808. Abs- and Heartbreak. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It used to be capitalised, the Y in the middle. And that's uh, to indicate the, uh, the well, new it's direction. It's no longer capitalised. Oh, it's amazing. Um, Rebecca. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a comment on the SoundCloud stream of this that said, oh, finally, Britain has its answer to Nicholas Jar, as if, you know, Britain's been waiting for <laughs> We've it. We've all so been Nico awake Jar. at night waiting for <laughs> Nicholas Jar to... Uh... I mean, this is the kind of... It does have a tune, but at the same time, the first thing I thought of was James Blake in his bedroom crying about girls. Mm. It, it feels like that kind of thing. I mean, what's the opening line? I, thought, I like to think I'm the solitary type. <sighs> Oh, yeah, then. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's highly unlikely that you're it's like, a bit wet. <laughs> gonna, 
<laughs> except, uh, except the weekend. He would think that, or the weekend or wherever he's gone. I was going to say, you'd hardly think if you were all up in the VIP with surrounded by hotties, <laughs> I'm the solid type. But the weekend would, and so would Drake, wouldn't they? But I, I'm kind of the solitary type. But that's the interesting thing about He's getting a blowjob. It's the interesting thing about this record that, I mean, on one hand, it's, it's that feel and that slightly alienated, dislocated sound that sort of feels like it's partly come from the indie world, but it's also coming from the world of hip-hop and mm. R&B at the moment. And there's a sort of meeting of a lot of, you know, you might initially think quite different people, different backgrounds, but they're all making this slightly maudlin, kind of slightly... So I don't know, that's very 2012 sound. I think it's it's maybe symptomatic of the age in which we live in. It's atomized uh, existences, you know, where people communicate via social media rather than actually meeting. And but you know, you don't have to be in the room with the members of your band in order to make an album. Or you can just so, do no, again, it's a, it should be a record on a Mercury list because it tells you something about the state of uh, the nation. In, but, uh, no, but, I, uh, but I mean, you know, that's not not a solitary record on the Mercury. Tells you anything about the state of the nation? No, it, I'm saying that's. The oh, is why it should be. I see. I see. I, I understand. Lovely. Sorry, I'm, I miss. I miss. Uh, misunderstood you. This is. I believe it's already out. Actually, I think it came out um, a couple of weeks back. Um, certainly, you can find it around and about on the internet. Uh, Friars have an album coming out next year. So there you go. That just about wraps it up for Singles Club. You can grab track listings and links for all the songs we featured at guardian.co.uk forward slash music weekly. Post-bag time. Last week, we featured the death of nostalgia and an interview with Jake Bug. Which one do you think got the comments board fired up? You may remember that Bug's debut had gone in at number one in the UK album charts. This was not an acceptable hook, however, for Martin NYID, who writes, Jake Bug indicates the fall of the Western Empire to me. I, I, I think... Martin NYD, maybe pitching it a tiny bit high, but anyway, carry on. PR company pays a lot of money. Suddenly, large posters of a moody teenager so rebelliously smoking a fag start appearing all over cities near you. Then the impartial media start blitzing every paper with said bug. Now, this bug may sound great. He may be the next John Lennon, but I think not. I think we'll never really get to hear what talent he may have, because a made-for-media package is going to be jammed down our throats in every outlet on every channel for the coming season. And when they're done with the bug, they'll pay him nothing and swat him like a housefly. And then and we'll start to see the next round of posters of the next moody, oh-so-rebelliously and ironic teenager pop up all over town for their year in the sun. I do sort of take your point. I'm not 100% certain how that differs from the way the music industry has worked and always works, to be, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not being, you know, horrible. I just think that's what the music business does. It heavily it signs artists, it heavily promotes them. And in fairness, it, it signs artists, it heavily promotes them and... People either buy it or they don't. There's no guarantee that just something's heavily promoted. I, I don't know what you expect, to be brutally honest with you. I don't, you know, crass. They weren't like that, I suppose, you know. So. The drama, though, that's like a mini novel. It's good, isn't it? I think I added a bit to it myself. Did you? My, 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 um, I, I, take, I do sort of take your point. You know, it's heavily PR, blah, 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 all that kind of thing. It has ever been thus. Surely it's ever been thus. Yeah, and there's always been, you know, record companies want to sell the idea of a, of a young lad in a leather jacket, you know. <clears throat> But then something like, just to bring it back again to Alt-J, they were really heavily PR'd at the start and nobody paid any attention. That I remember it's there, interesting. there was quite a heavy push and actually no one, no, one, yeah, no one really picked up on it. And it took a while for it to pick up steam and it seemed to do that almost of its own accord. I think it did do it of its own accord. Really I, I, I don't remember seeing lots of... No, I don't remember seeing lots of press around. No, yeah. Maybe he's got a point there, actually. Maybe, maybe, you know... No, that isn't what... No, that's not what this guy's saying. Because this guy's saying... 
Because you were saying actually they tried to do that and just nobody was yeah, having it. that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they didn't do it. They tried. It didn't work. It happened anyway. You know, in a way, the, the best PR you can ever get is to create that sense that people are discovering it for themselves and it's a kind of, sort of bit of a slow burn mm. and it's not kind of shoved down your throat right from the off. And, you know, I think people, it's helped all, <clears throat> Jay, really, that it wasn't this kind of, wow, everyone's talking about them six months in advance. That, mm. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. No, it's, it's always nice to think something is happening, you know, without the media's permission. Uh, whether that's true or not, whether that's down to the fact that their, their PR campaign kind of died in its arse. Finally this week, regular NIGB writes, another wonderful excursion into yesteryear through the medium of disc and music echo magazine. So much to love. Aussie, Mary Hopkins, Mark, Deep Purple. I too was appalled at the prospect of Stuart Sutcliffe's mother's hospitality being abused by visitors to her house. A minor downer amidst all the fine trivia and to whoever is adding those sound bites and sound effects. Give yourself a big pat on the back. Come back soon, Mr. P. Oh, very nice. Thank you very much, Nigb. Thanks for all your comments, of course. Um, keep leaving your thoughts at guardian.co.uk forward slash musicweekly. That's it for this week. My thanks to Rebecca Nicholson and Casper Llewellyn-Smith. Music Weekly was produced by Matt Hill. We're back next week. Bye-bye. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio. Guardian Holiday Offers is pleased to bring you a great selection of worldwide trips from our trusted partners. From cultural tours and adventure holidays to river cruises and cottage breaks, we have something for everyone. To find your perfect break, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash travel with us. That's guardian.co.uk forward slash travel with us.